Hey everyone, Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I always like to bring you some new stuff and some new things that are going on. Um, right now I just wanted to take a moment and mention a fundraising auction for a really good cause. The people over at Awaken the North are working on raising the funds for their 501c3 paperwork filing fees. And in order to become a registered nonprofit religious organization, they are truly inclusive and they're one of the better organizations that I found on the internet or on Facebook. Uh, they welcome all people regardless of race, creed, or sexual identity. They're creating a safe space for all heathens of all walks and can use you and your help to do so. Check out their fundraising auction at www.32auctions.com forward slash ATN for Awaken the North. Or feel free to simply drop them a donation through PayPal at donations at awakenthenorth.org. And for more information on their group, visit their website at awakenthenorth.org or find them on Facebook. Again, heathens helping heathens is really important. And people that are trying to become better at what they do or better as an organization are what we're looking for consistently. So if you donate, if you share, whatever you do, I want to thank you ahead of time and tell you to check them out either way. Thanks, guys, and have a great day. Hey, everyone. Joe here from Modern Heathen Man. I want to welcome you to the next piece of Modern Heathen Man, or the next episode, I should say. Um, today we're going to talk about something a little strange. Um, not really strange, just normal, but not something many people talk about quite a bit, um, something that's really, I've gotten a couple questions on it, and I really want to go ahead and give my answer on it, and what I believe, and what I think, and how I feel about it, okay? So today on Modern Heathen Man, I'm here with Kelly today. Hello. Kelly's making us tea as we're talking, so we're going to grab a cup of Earl Grey, I don't know what she's going to grab, but I'm going to have some Earl Grey, um, but today we're going to talk about Snorri Strolson's Prosetta and some of the stuff in there. Um, so grab yourself a cup, grab yourself a horn, grab yourself some mead, grab yourself some coffee, tea, water, soda, whatever you like, and join us today for Modern Heathen Man. <clears throat> All right, so let's get right into it. Um, a couple of the questions I've gotten. Um, this one is specifically uh, for Alan. And you'll know who you are when you hear this. So, with that said, um, the basic question is this. They've gotten done listening to the Prosetta. Um, they really like the Prosetta. But they can't get past the idea that Snorri Snorrelson was a Christian. He mentions Jesus Christ in there. He talks about God in there. He talks about how people are from Troy and some other cities. And he is torn under the idea that Snorri wrote this book. It's about our gods and our people along our path, but it has very big Christian influences. Um, I do understand that, and I do understand how that could be troublesome for someone who is looking at our path or is new to our path, so that's why we're addressing it today. Um, let me first say this. I'm going to talk a little bit about the Christian religion. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the other religions that there are. Um, 
and I'm not talking about them bad. I'm not going to say anything bad about them. Um, I'm just going to use facts and factual to go ahead and tell you what I believe to be true. Okay, so, first off, the Christian religion has a Bible. It is their main book. The book they look to for answers, the book they look to to talk to each other about things that happen, the book that they quote when things are going wrong. You know, when someone has something that happens to them that's very bad, you know, they say things like, well, you know, from Psalms, or from Job, pardon me, the Lord liveth, giveth and the Lord taketh away. You know, blessed be the name of the Lord. Things like that. And then, um, you know, we, they talk about other pieces here and there when things go wrong. Um, the Psalms, when things are going really bad, like when somebody dies, we all know, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not want, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures, so on and so forth. Those are all pieces that they use. They go to this book as a go-to. It is the foundation, the beginning, the end, the whole piece of their religion. The Buddhists have numbers and numbers of books written by the Dalai Lama, his wisdom. Um, one of my favorite is, a monk once came to the Dalai Lama and said, is the Buddha found in everything in nature? And the Dalai Lama said, yes. And he said, even the cow? And the Buddha's answer was, moo. You know, that's, that's really funny to me, but that's part of the wisdom that's in there. <clears throat> the other... You know, the Muslims have the Quran, which is their go-to book, their the foundation. have the Bhagavad Gita. Right. The, the Hindis have the Bhagavad Gita. You know, um, what was the quote from there when the, when the first nuclear bomb went off? I am death, the destroyer of worlds. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, people, these are all go-to books. These are the books that build the foundation, keep the foundation up, and hold the foundation up. These are all the pieces that people have go-tos. In our path, we do not have a single go-to. We can quote the Havamal, we can quote the wisdom of Odin, <clears throat> we can quote from the Prose Edda, we can quote from the Poetic Eddas, we can quote from the Sagas, but none of these are beginning and ending foundation books for our path that we're on. We look at these as informational things to guide us along our path, but never do they encompass, totally define, or set our path for us. The prosetta comes really close in telling us what our religion is about, um, especially when Ganglier is... Um, you know, answering questions and giving questions and things like that because it helps us understand what we believe but in the same token, it's not our absolute belief. Unlike the Bible, Bhagavad Gita, Quran, or the writings of the um, Dalai Lama, these are not that sacred to us. I mean, the Quran you can't even have near a restroom because it's that sacred to those people. So, with that said, let's talk a little bit about Snorri. So Snorri was a Christian. He was an um, educated Christian. He was brought up in that lifestyle. And then when these things came along, he began writing about them. What we have to understand is, like I talk about all the time, 
Christians have a really hard time understanding our path, our religion, our way of life, our decision to follow the gods. The reason that is is really simple, and I'll explain this to you because it's really easy for you to understand as an American. Okay, We have grown up in a Christian society. Much of the world today is Christian society. We understand that one God encompasses everything. This is the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the one that was there at the beginning of everything, created everything, spoke into the darkness, created all the worlds that we know of, okay, according to the Christians. So he encompasses everything and is completely full and a complete God for them. I mean, we even say everything on our money and everything says one nation under God. Or right. In God we trust. In God, right. Everything is there. We have, they have one God. That God continually does everything for them and encompasses everything for them. We, on the other hand, have many gods. I'm sorry, my dog's going crazy in the background because my son's walking around and he wants him. So, I apologize. But with that said, those gods, that God is their God. Our gods are within their realms and do the things that they do. We don't worship our gods. We venerate our gods. They worship their God. They're required to worship their gods. Okay? The Quran requires you to worship um, Allah and understand that Muhammad is the prophet. Um, one of their phrases in Arabic is, there is but one God and his name is, oh no, there is one God, Allah, and one prophet and his name is Muhammad. That's a phrase that they use continually. Um, the Christians understand, thou shalt have no gods before me. I am a wrathful and jealous God. All those things drive them to be the one God-centered We, on the other hand, are multi-God-centered, and for a Christian to begin to understand that and understand how that even works begins to be really hard for them. It's not something they um, can really grasp or get a hold of or hold on to. We, on the other hand, understand that veneration of many gods is the way that we do our things. You know, we have a God, if someone's sick, that we go to, and we venerate that God, hoping that God will show favor upon that person that's sick. So when we venerate Er, or Ayer, however you want to say it, we venerate that God, and we ask them to intercede on our behalf for that person that is not well, or not sick, or not, you know, or is sick, sorry, or not doing well, so that they can help them to get better. Um, the Christians hope and pray that something will happen and hope that their God will go ahead and heal the person totally. So, Snorri, being a Christian and being educated like that, does not have a full grasp of what is actually within our path or within our religion. <clears throat> he is trying to write something that he doesn't know about, and the only correlation he has for that 
is the religion that he has and the understanding he has of his God. So we have to look at that as well. We are really lucky that we don't have to worship our gods. We're not told and required to worship our gods. We venerate our gods because we choose to. We venerate Odin and Freya and Thor and all the gods and Idun and everybody else because we choose to, because we see them in nature. <clears throat> Lucky for us as well that our gods are not separate from us. We're able to call on them and hear them answer us consistently. Christians talk about all the time, oh, I cried out to the Lord for days and you know I don't feel like I'm getting an answer. Whenever I cry out or need to cry out to my gods, they answer. And I like that because I venerate them. Because I take the time to know them, they take the time to know me. <clears throat> when people around me are not doing well, my gods tell me that they're not doing well and tell me to tell them that they told me they're not doing well so that they know they're being listened to too. These are all things that Snorri really did not understand that Snorri could not comprehend because he was so used to his education as a Christian education. Do you have anything to add to that, Kel? I, I, as you're talking about this, I think one of the best tools and resources, and I know it's a Hollywood movie, and I know it's mm -hmm. not totally accurate, but for a reference for the clash of cultures and how to learn how different cultures interact with ours is the 13th Warrior. Yeah. Um, because it tells the story of Ibn Fadlan as he traveled to the Norse country. It's not totally accurate. It talks about a battle and stuff like that, but it, it, it kind of talks about Ibn Fadlan and what he sees and so on and so forth right. and how they interact. And, right, and how he learns to adapt to the culture that he's been pretty much forced to go into. Right. He doesn't know the language. He doesn't know anything about these people, but he learns the religion. He learns how they how they take how they adapt to the gods how they he learns and he teaches them about <clears throat> islam as well right so there's an exchange of ideas and an exchange of culture and i think for that reason it's a it's a really reliable resource that there is a way to interact with the world that's more i hate to put it this way mainstream yeah. Uh, again, you know, the, the question arose because of the prose of being written by a Christian, and there's a lot of Christian stuff in there. You know, the person is battling with the idea that, you know, all this Christian stuff is in there. Do I really want to follow that book? But we don't really follow any book. Right. I mean, there's no real book we follow for our religion. The, the other thing I think we have to realize, to remember, is this is somebody who's taking an oral history right. and writing it down. Right. And again, I mean, he has to add his flavor to it because this is what he used to. When they say the God did this, they're used to saying the God did this. Like, if the God healed this man, well, you and I understand that that's Iyer that healed that man because we know the God Iyer heals. You know, we know that that's what's going to happen there. But Snorri, being a Christian, would have to put it to whichever god he thinks because he doesn't know which god does what. Right. You know, he doesn't know which god is over what thing and what traits do each god have and so on and so forth. So he has, he's stuck with this ideal. That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying not to say mean stuff about other religions, no, but what no, I'm trying no, no, to no. do is say that 
one of the other things we have to remember is that history is written by the victors as well. Right. And in a religious context, you have to admit that the that Christians have overtaken the world right. as victors of you know they're taking over the religious victory the religious victory right. of the world right. there's over what 3 billion christians in the world something like that and the next is um, actually hindi yeah hindi yeah. and then buddhism and then buddhism the chinese right. the, right. the, the chinese that are mostly buddhist or taoist right. so you've got you know, a major world religion that right. is taken over because of conquest, because of taking over other civilizations, right. and that is a big, huge um, influence right. on every religion out there. Well, and even the influence here is the idea that a book holds the, and encompasses what we believe, period. Right. You know, this is where I get back to the whole concept that I'm always saying you know, it's important for us to get back to the basics of our religion. The basics are we ask the gods, we ask our ancestors, we ask the whites and the fairies and the fey and the Inengarten and the Utengarten. All of those things are the basis of our religion, but are being lost because we have a Christian world. And of course, the Christian people have a book to go to, and everybody else has a book to go to. Why don't we have a book to go to? Because our religion is a living religion. It's melding, it's changing, it's ever there and ever present, yet not in a book. Well, and I think one of the things we have to remember as a Satru is, is a lot of our religion was lost. Right. And we are trying to... Well, the reason it was lost is because it was never written down. It's right. not a religion of a book. No, but what right. I'm going to say is a lot of it was lost. A lot right. of pieces were lost. Right, because it was destroyed by the Christians. Because it was destroyed by the right. Christians. We are trying to rebuild it, fill in the gaps. Going, al you know, going along as... You know, rebuilding and reforming a lot of the things that we have to find the spaces right. for, and we're filling it in with other pieces of other religions that right. have. Come we're going to get it wrong. I oh, mean, yeah, there's no other sense about it, it. But yeah, the ba the basic thing though is we go back to the basics where we begin to venerate the gods um, because of who they are, what they are, what they do, and we begin doing that like we're supposed to. We'll be fine. One of the other things I want to address today that's been a really big topic lately on the internet is a patron god or a patron goddess. We've discussed this in the past. I know, but it's really big again. It's back up again. A lot of people are asking about who's your patron god, who's your patron goddess, you know, why do you choose them, and so on and so forth. I want to address this, and I want to say it without being mean. Don't misunderstand me. If you have a patron god or goddess, you are missing out on a lot of stuff. Okay, I'm going to say it this way. I have not a single God that I like over any other God. I do have gods that favor me. I do have gods that I talk to more because of them favoring me. I do have gods that come to my dreams more than other gods because they favor me, not because I favor them. I don't venerate one specific God and one specific God only because, I mean, if you think about this, say you had five children. You had Mary, Bob, James, and Jim, okay? All right, let's not do James and Jim. Mary, Bob, um, James, and Susie, okay? And you constantly gave Susie more stuff, or constantly favored Susie over the other three. What would happen to the other three after a while? 
would fall away. They'd fall away. They'd get mad at you for doing stuff for just Susie. They would get mad at Susie for being the favorite, so on and so forth. So when you ask them for something, if you needed it, would they be willing to give it to you if you don't show them favor in any way, shape, or form? The answer is no. We have to look at the gods the same way. If we favor one god over the other, like say I say my patron god is, I don't know, Thor, okay? And I venerate Thor all the time and don't venerate anybody else. Now, I'm going for a big test one day or something that I need to do, and I ask Odin to give me wisdom to do it. Do you think Odin's going to give me the wisdom to do it? No. Odin's going to say, why would I do anything for you when you never remember me? Can I, can I yeah, go ahead. put something? I think the, the whole patron god and goddess idea comes from the Hellenistic and Egyptian mm-hmm. cultures where it was, there were temples dedicated to certain gods because you wanted their favor for certain things. Right. And it wasn't... It wasn't necessarily meant to be like that, but right. there were women like the mm-hmm. Vestal Virgins and well, things like that that would dedicate their lives to certain gods or goddesses. Right. And I think it once again comes down to that whole Christian ideal of one god being the god you worship. Right. You know, we, we again are stuck in that Christian ideal system where we believe that one god can encompass everything for us and can do everything that we need for us, and it's not true. Well, and I, I you know... The other thing that goes along with that is is Loki is the bad guy for everything. Yeah. And Loki is not necessarily bad. He's actually the balance between good and bad. He's right. the balance between well, male I like and how, female. Um, because he can be female, he can be right. male. He's he's Loki. Right. I like how Padre Colum introduces him as Loki, the doer of both good and evil. Right. You know, because Loki sometimes does good. I mean, where, where'd the hammer come from? Right, he, he tricked. Yeah. He's a trickster, Yep. but his tricks always work out for the right. benefit of the gods. Right, where'd the spear come from? Where'd right. the chain around Fenrir's neck come from? Well, where did Slepnir come from? Right, exactly. It all comes from Loki. Um, so, what's the name of that boat that you can fold up and put in your back pocket to? Oh, I, I don't remember the yeah, name of that. That also boat. comes from Loki. You know, so that's good stuff that came from Loki, even though it was a bad situation that put it there. You know, we can't just venerate one god and think that one god can do everything for us. We have to venerate all the gods and understand that all the gods are there to do stuff for us. The other thing is, we don't worship. Our gods are not the end-all, be-all, and end of what we have to do. A lot of times, you know, we forget that gods are not all-powerful, you know. They are not the end-all, be-all, like the Christian belief system goes, and that comes from that again. But our gods expect us to do stuff for ourselves. You know, we... We are expected to till the land, to make our food. Yes, the gods can make it rain. Yes, the gods can bring, you know, the thunder and stuff like that. But for us to plant the seed, for us to put the seed in the ground and watch it grow and tend it and get rid of the weeds and everything, that's for us to do, not for the gods. Um, So that's what we venerate, not just worship. Um, Worshiping means that we expect them to do everything for us, and the truth is they cannot do everything for us. Right. We, expect, we are expected to do stuff for ourselves quite a bit. Um, you know, and our gods don't expect things of us that are unnecessary. Like, 
you know, I don't wake up tomorrow, my God tells me, oh, I want you to go to Africa and tell the world about Asatru, leave your family behind, they'll be taken care of, I promise, just go do it right now. That's not the truth, and we have the right to tell that God, if you want me to go, you have to make a way for my family to go, you have to make a way for me to go, you have to provide the money, you have to provide this, and then, you know, is it worth it for the God to do that? That's the question. So that's the difference between our gods and their gods. I think so. one other thing you wanted to bring up is current events. You, you haven't done, you were going to do a podcast on... No, I decided not to do that. that. Yeah, okay. not to do that because it just brings light. It Recently there was a shooting and the spokesman for the shooting people had a Thor's hammer patch on his bulletproof vest. I was going to do a podcast on that, but... I'm not. I, I'm not even going to address that issue because we all know where we sit. We all know where we're supposed to sit. And the more coverage we give to that stuff, the more people are going to do it. So I'm not even going to talk about it. Okay. Uh, excuse me. Sorry about that. I'm yawning. I apologize. Anyway, so those are the two topics today. So, you know, I do like the Prozetta for helping us along and helping us understand what we believe in. I like to have them all for wisdom. I like um, the poetic eddas for the poetry, to be honest with you, to get in there and, you know, read some of the stuff, and that's where the have them all is anyway. So with that said, you know, we, we can't look to one book specifically and expect that book to give us all the answers in our religion. Our answers come from prayer, veneration of both the ancestors and the gods, and our answers come from us doing what we're supposed to do as heathens and Asatru people. And so I'm going to leave you with that. I want to thank you for joining me today. And I want to tell you, hail to you. Hail to the gods today. Hail to the ancestors. Hail to the Einherjar and the warriors. Um, as summer is beginning to end and the cool weather is starting to come, we know that the celebrations of harvest are coming and the darkness is coming, so let's prepare for it. Um, would you like to add anything, Kelly? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. I want to tell you all to have a great day, and I want to thank you for joining Modern Heathen Man. And what day is today, Kiernan? Uh, Freya's Day, right? All right, hail Freya on her day. So thank you, and have a great day, guys. Bye-bye.